And welcome to the Mancunian Candidates, the show that looks at what's going on in the world in every level possible, politics, social, mostly politics because of the state of the world. And the coronavirus is pretty much the centre topic of conversation. No matter how you try to get round it, there is nothing else that gets covered at the moment. Gone is Brexit. Brexit, what was that all about? It's disappeared. We haven't even spoke about it for, for a couple of months now. I'm Mike Royce, and I'm joined today with... Uh, myself, Paul Ripley. I'm just on my phone, actually. Um um, I've just been told that the sound is distorting slightly, so I'll just adjust that. Uh, yeah, I'm just You're too powerful. No, it's not me. Well, I don't know what it is. I just got told it's distorting. Can't handle you, the okay. system. Hopefully that's okay. Yeah, I'm just on the social media um, saying the show is now alive again. Normally we do our show, we do a pre-record in the afternoon, and it goes out at night time, but during this period of time we've been live, and we're saying we've been live all the way through this this time period. But it's risky being live because they can communicate their displeasure from across the pond when I say something about abortion or gun control <laughs> or money or basically not behaving like a ballend, you know? Yeah. I'm talking about behaving like a ballend. Is it all right if I just make a little comment at Go the on. beginning? Okay, this could be like the reverse of Springer's final thought list. Do you remember when he used to do that at the end of the show? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm doing it, front-loading it. Yeah, we, uh, politics, it's a funny thing, I grew up and politics were very contentious during the 70s, 80s with Thatcher and then you you had Thatcher on the harder right and the hard left and slowly over time it came more to the centre, you had a slightly less left Labour Party, a slightly less right Conservative Party and, you know, we've not had massive polar opposites for a while. But even when you have got polar opposites in politics, you've got the Conservative versus Labour or in the in the uh, United States, Liberal versus uh, Conservative. And those are all right. I mean, you had people in power that believed in smaller government and not as much public spending. Then you'd have another government that'd come in and they'd have a different philosophy. You'd believe in larger government, a bit more expenditure. And you'd get a yin and yang going left to right. But at the, uh, but at the same time, you would see the prime minister of the, uh, and the head of the opposition in parliament chatting as they left the chamber and having a little chat. And you knew that it wasn't personal. I personally have a lot of conservative friends who, who are members of the Tory party and we josh and take the piss out of each other and we go and they go oh you you bloody communist what would you do if you got in power eh? and I'll, I'll call them you know milk snatching thatcherites and all the rest of it and and it's all banter and suddenly over the last 10 years over the last five years definitely it's got more and more and more potent and to the point where it is personal now and you can't just be a member of... You can't just be a Republican and a Democrat. You, It's almost like war. It's almost, it's a, gone are the days where you went, the two rival teams went to the match together. Now that you have to be in separate areas and, and the police have to separate you leaving the match. And politics has gone the same. And what we've got in America right now 
You've got a Republican Party that, that they're not just a bit different from the Democrats. The Democrats and the Republicans are not just on slightly different political paths. One believes in slightly smaller government, one bigger government, and they have issues over economics and entitlement and free trade. All these other things that can yin and yang and alter over time. Though Those things, those are not the issues right now. The Republican Party in the United States, and I'm not saying that the Democrats are innocent either, because there is a massive partisan nightmare in the United States. We've got it over here to a degree between Labour and Conservative Party, but it's not quite as bad as it is over in America right now. Because what you've got over here, at least, you've got a consensus. Labour, although they want to score points off the Conservatives and Boris Johnson and would like to form the next government, they're not actively attacking, not not undermining at every single turn, because there is an element where we've got to get through this, and that's all there is to it. That's the most important thing. And then afterwards, yes, I expect Keir Starmer and co to hold Boris Johnson to account when he tries to deliver the bill for all this on to working people. I hope Keir Starmer's there to go, hey, let big business pay as well. Let's have a windfall tax for Amazon. Let's let's get let's make things fairer. Then over in in the states, it's not like that. You've got 52 states. The governors decide the policies for each state. So you haven't got a prime minister going, yes, we're all shut down. You've got a president that is quite balmy that's suggesting that you drink Lysol, that you behave in bizarre ways, is saying lockdown and then tweeting liberate this state, liberate that state. He, not consistent message at all. And all you get off the Republicans seems to be, well, it doesn't matter, these are old people, let's get back to work, the economy is more important. Well, here's the thing, the Republican Party have crossed a line this week. 32 states, majority of these states, Republican governors, they have decided to reopen. At the point of peak numbers of coronavirus infections, they have decided to reopen. That is a decision that you've made. That goes beyond politics. That goes to a darker place. It's a decision beyond politics. And what I mean by that is simple. The only time you've had decisions like this made in the past that that had consequences of this nature went beyond politics. You have made a decision. You know that those figures are at their peak. You know that this is a dangerous time for vulnerable people to catch and die from the coronavirus. You have decided that the figures for the economy, and they are linked with the figures for the re-election in November, so, the, so we all know why you're doing it. We know why the Republicans are doing it. We know why they wanted it reopened. It's not because they care so much about the economy, which they do. They'll all have shares in certain companies because they're all very wealthy, the Republican people, the senators. You have got a situation where <clears throat> they want it reopening because they don't want to lose the election in November. And that is it's borderline evil to have made the decision based on that. Now, when I say that this is beyond politics, what I mean is simple. Whenever you've had a bunch of people in control of a country decide we uh, have some, uh, we have a problem financially, 
or, and we either deal with that <clears throat> or we look after these vulnerable people when the only times that we've ever had a, somebody running a country make a decision to say we are going to put the economy and finances first and we're going to let vulnerable people die. Well, the only other examples you've got go beyond politics. And the other examples you've got, and I know that some Republicans hearing me say this will go batshit crazy, but it's an accurate analogy. The only times that decisions like this have been made are very similar to, for example, Adolf Hitler, when he decided that the finances to fight World War II and take over Europe and make sure that they, they didn't lose the war, he decided to kill handicapped people, blind people and disabled people because he didn't want the drain on society and he also didn't want the eugenics where with those imperfections spread to another generation which would then cost even more money with more disabled people. He basically wanted to kill them and he took a decision and all through history you can find times where people in power have decided to put money before the interests and well-being of in innocent, vulnerable people. This week, the Republican Party made a big push. They got the president on board. They got everybody on board. And right now, 32 states are in various different stages of reopening at the point where the coronavirus is, is at its most potent. And it, it will absolutely, every scientist on the planet is saying that opening those states right now is going to result in more deaths, deaths that if you had remained closed and on lockdown for a little while longer, those people will have survived. By making this decision, you have decided to try to make money with the knowledge that your actions are going to kill people. I'd say no. Well, what can I add to that? Uh, my only thoughts are this, though. Um, Look at the, the countries with the most deaths and, and infections are the UK yeah. and the USA. Yeah. Uh, what have they got in common? Uh, off the top of my head and stuff that I know, uh, yeah, I'm hoping you're going to answer me the, the more accurate assessment. Uh, we not really, not really. Okay, well, we what we've got in common are I don't look, I don't compare. America to the UK. If I was going to compare the UK to America, I would go, no, we just need to choose a state that's the most similar to the UK, and I would choose New York. New York is a cultural hub with people in and out that left, right and centre, very similar to London. Um, yeah, we base our country on no, that. No, 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 because here, don't forget, we've got places like Wales and Scotland. And, yeah, I know, I uh, know, but you've yeah. got a dense population here. All I'm saying right? is you've got a land mass two with... right-wing leaders yeah. leading our countries. And, uh, I agree with look that. Look at the results. I agree with that. Result. However, I'm not going to accept that we've dealt with it as badly as America. No, we're not. Um, but we've not. Not far we behind. We're late. We're not, late. We're very late. We were late on lockdown. And there's issues it's regarding protective equipment, which is unbelievable. I was talking to a company today who supplies yeah. this equipment and have done it for many, many years. Can yeah. they sell it? Can they promote it uh, online to the public? No. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Because the government say no. You can... Um, can they, will the government buy it off them? No. A British-based company and the government, after you know, uh, 
get a hold of them, talking to them, saying we've got all this equipment in stock now, right now. Local company. Yes. Been at it for many, many years. Yeah. And it's closer than you think, Mike. Yeah. We know somebody who deals with this company on a daily basis. Okay. And the, can they... No, because there's something going on. I don't know what the answer is. It's something right. very, very iffy around the protective clothing. Well, I mean, Something's gone on, and we need to find to out. It's not we need to find out. Well, you, you need to find out. You, what you need to find out are the details, but you know what's happened. You know what's happened. You knew that this would happen the minute all this kicked off. What happens every single time that there is a crisis and an item or a commodity becomes more valuable because of its scarcity. What yeah. happens? People stockpile. What happens when there is a gig that everybody wants to go to, Paul? Yeah, what happens? The, the, the ticket price. touts yeah, yeah. turn up. But we're not talking about that, though, man. Yeah, we're talking about that dealing in, with a company that's local yeah. to sell to the government yeah. to then pass around the nursing homes, yeah. which have been absolutely yeah. tragic stories coming from them. Yeah. And to the normal NHS, but you are no, aware of the shell, you are aware of the shell company situation that's happened in the United States and has happened over here, and to a degree, there's a lot of cross cutting across all of Europe with this. Companies that buy and provide those, uh, the minute this virus started to get out of control, they formed shell companies and started selling their stocks to another company with a different branding, yeah. with different board of directors but the same shareholders, and then selling the goods at three times the amount. Yeah. They need to go to prison. Did they? It, they, it is, it is, it's, it's corrupt, and it sends a terrible message to young people. I've had a few messages already. Uh, Joe from uh, New York would like mm. to talk to us. Mm. Uh, we'll get Joe on later on. Yeah, um, sure. Um, but this happened this day in the States, and have a listen to it. It's an advert which went across the TV. There's mourning in America. Today, more than 60,000 Americans have died from a deadly virus Donald Trump ignored. With the economy in shambles, more than 26 million Americans are out of work. The worst economy in decades. Trump bailed out Wall Street, but not Main Street. This afternoon... Millions of Americans will apply for unemployment. And with their savings run out, many are giving up hope. Millions worry that a loved one won't survive COVID-19. There's mourning in America. And under the leadership of Donald Trump, our country is weaker and sicker and poorer. And now, Americans are asking, if we have another four years like this, will there even be an America? Paid for by the Lincoln Project, which is responsible for the content of this advertising. I'm right. sure Donald Trump was happy with that. Oh, he went mental. He was on Twitter going mad over that advert. Here's background news so that people know. I'm sure some people listening to this know about this and some don't. For those that don't, the Lincoln Project, what is that? Well, it's been formed by a group of conservatives that quite rightly, in a very similar vein to what I was just talking about, recognise that the Republican Party has changed into something completely aberrant. The Republican Party was a classic conservative party, which I don't agree with the politics of that, but it's a valid 
it's a valid doctrine of politics. You can be a reasonable guy and be a conservative. You can be a reasonable guy and be a liberal. You've just got different views. However, what the party, the Republican Party, has morphed into under Trump is this ugly, weird Frankenstein of a party. And that's the best way of describing it, a Frankenstein party, with bits from the old conservative where it suits, but borrowing from ultra left liberalism, ultra right liberalism, because there's both. And it and effectively, if you want to get to the, the crux of this, they it's been hijacked. The party's been completely hijacked and took off course. So the Lincoln Project is a bunch of people that that are classic conservatives that want to get the party back to its core values and believe still believe in being a conservative but want nothing to do with basically this shit show that's going on right now. But the biggest, most important and, and interesting aspect of it is the one of the founders of the Lincoln Project is Callianne uh, Conway's husband. What on earth do those two talk about in bed at night? It must be fascinating to live in that house with those two. It's because uh... she is the biggest liar on behalf of Trump. I mean, it goes completely over the top, and and she annoys me. And her husband is the biggest vocal opponent of Trump that that you could possibly get. He's constantly attacking him on Twitter, and it's just. God, but they're not divorced, they're not separated, they're getting on with it. I mean, they must be hope for marriages of all kinds. Well, I've got a clip here uh, from last night on CNN. Um, it's about the ad and um, the rage from Donald. Yeah. You know, we have known all along how, what a weak man Donald Trump is and how mentally infirm he is and how easily he could be set off. And, you know, now that we've found his weak spot... Um, he demonstrated for 12 straight hours in a row that he could be compared to Ronald Reagan, had the truth told about him, and he would absolutely lose his damn mind. And so, you know, we expected this ad to hit. We did not expect him to behave in the completely maniacal way he behaved all day today. But here we are. Well, let's let's take a look at some of his reaction. Uh, here's some of what Donald Trump had to say about it today. I guess they don't like me, but let me just tell you, these are losers from day one. Guys like Bill Crystal, he's been, he's 0 and 32. George Conway, you take a look at him. Just take a look at that guy. The man's a stone cold loser. So they should not call it the Lincoln Project. It's not fair to Abraham Lincoln, a great president. They should call it the Losers Project. Uh, for the record, Bill Crystal wasn't involved, but he tweeted his praise of your work, Rick. And uh, it's really uh, Donald Trump. Does he just not comprehend that he got so much more attention to your commercial by his public reactions today? You know, the group of us in the Lincoln Project, uh, myself, Steve Schmidt, John Weaver, Reed Galen, uh, Jennifer Horn and others. for years in politics behind the curtain. We didn't want our names out there for years and years. But now Donald Trump has decided he's going to make us front and center because he thinks like a lot of other people that he used to know or Republicans he's run into, that we're going to be intimidated or we're going to shut up or we're going to go away or we're going to stop. He is entirely mistaken. We will take this fight to him every day. And the more it rattles him, the happier I am. And it's rattled him terribly, Lawrence. It is, it is, it is, he, is, he is done shook, as they say. 
And you seem, and George Conway seems to know uh, kind of the map of Trapp's mind in, in terms of, it seems like you guys have your hands right on the buttons uh, to press his buttons to drive him crazy this way. Well, look, I mean, this took a classic Republican ad, a, a classic trope of the Republican Party that captured the optimistic uplift in society in 1983 and used it as a great electoral lever for Ronald Reagan. And what we have done is captured the same moment in this country, only it's mirror image. And we're in that mirror image world right now because Donald Trump denied and delayed and deceived the American people about what was coming with COVID-19. He didn't prepare us on the medical front. He didn't prepare us on the economic front. We are here because of him. We have hung this, this, this rotten corpse around his neck and he's gonna have to drag it around for a few months. This rotten corpse around his neck. Um, but I, I'm still saying, though, uh, we're, well, we're not in the world of Trump, are we? We're not in the world of Trump. But we're not in a good place either, at all. And especially when well, you've you got say, I, Professor I, you... Neil Ferguson, yeah, who's been leading the government mm. on what to do and how to do it and how to look after ourselves. Mm. What is he going to do? Go on. You don't know? No. You have no idea? I've forgotten. I've, I've been, oh. Right, I'm bombarded with stuff. I was d staying up late watching all the American stuff yesterday. It's yeah. crazy. Well, uh, Professor Neil Ferguson is on the front page of most papers today. Right, I haven't seen the papers. The leading guy, the expert, the one that the government follows. Yes. They do massive research. He set out the rules for us about social distancing. Yeah, the five about, rules. Yeah, yeah, not going out and all of it. He gets caught, doesn't he? At his... Girlfriend, who's actually married, oh, he's the one been he's to a house. He stepped he was, down. He was he? gagging, yeah, gagging for a bit of a you know, bit rumpty, gagging for it. And it, he went and brought. He's stepped down this morning. He was, yeah, he was no, mentioned. I didn't know it was over that. Yeah, it was. I, I did. A bit that. rumpty. And now the the girl who is um, oh, who he went to meet, who's a very pretty girl, I may have. Um, yeah. She's in like an open relationship marriage. Yeah, one of them. Okay. Which is, you know, each of their own. It was reported this morning on talk radio. Now, the person, Julia Hartley, who, uh, Julia Hartley Brewer, who, yeah. who does the show, is a nutter, to be honest. She's a, she's a fucking asshole. That's one um, of them. She, she's this, this, oh, God, she's so yeah. bigoted and yeah. horrendous. But let's, um, let's have a listen to her, see what she says about yeah. it. I mean, just, you know, she is. Uh, do you know? Do you know? Do you know who she was? Do you know who she was? She was the person who um, was accused of. Uh, she was the person that. Do you remember the hand on the knee incident? Oh yeah, yeah, that was her. Right, we'll say no more. I've listened to what she said about it. A few words about Professor Neil Ferguson of Imperial College. He's the epidemiologist who has been absolutely vital uh, in terms of the advice given to the government in terms of how we handle the coronavirus pandemic. He was the man who predicted we could lose up to 500,000 lives here in the UK if we didn't have a strict lockdown. He is a key member, well, was until last night, of SAGE, that's the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies. He had to resign, though, after he was exposed for breaking the lockdown rules that he advised the government to impose or we'd lose half a million lives. He, it turns out, invited his married lover to his home at least twice. She, apparently in an open marriage with two children. 
Well, leaving aside the fact that um, uh, she is a climate activist and socialist who lives in a two million pound home and that he's a statistician and epidemiologist and her name is uh, uh, Antonia Stats, leave aside the claim that she is in an open marriage because um, I'm sure her children will be thrilled uh, to know about that. Um, it's the fact that he was able to break the lockdown rules because he figured he wasn't a risk to anyone else and no one was a risk to him. Why? Because he'd already had coronavirus. Well, many, many hundreds of thousands of in this country believe we are, uh, are, are also safe because we haven't. Uh, we, we, we believe we've had the virus. But he, because of his position as a leading epidemiologist working on a, a, a possible vaccine, was able to get a test at a time when they weren't available to most of us. Indeed, they were only available to people who were very, very sick and those working in the NHS. So he used the fact that he had that test to enable him to justify breaking the rules. He believed he had antibodies. They gave him immunity. He couldn't be a risk. So why couldn't uh, he meet with his married lover? And the reason is because it's rank hypocrisy to advise rules which shatter people's lives, shatter people's businesses. People have lost their businesses. They've spent years building up. People have lost their jobs. People may lose their homes. People are facing being stuck miles away from family members, miles away from elderly relatives who may not make it through the pandemic, who may never get to touch, hold hands and see the smile of their grandchildren ever again. He advised those rules and we trusted and the government trusted that he believed those rules were necessary to save lives. But those rules, it turns out, weren't for everyone. Those rules, as we've seen again and again from the elites, from the people who think they know better, those rules were for the little people. They weren't for people like Professor Neil Ferguson. A lot of people talking about how we've uh, had enough of experts. Well, I tell you what, we've definitely had enough of this hypocritical expert. So goodbye, Professor Neil Ferguson. Keep working on the, the vaccine. We'll be happily, happily uh, take that on uh, if you do come up with it. But in the meantime, I think the less we hear from Professor Neil Ferguson, the better. Now, she is a pompous ass, uh, but she what, has a Pellick, point. You know. But he's a, I mean... Yeah, I know. Well, you know this is it. You get, it's annoying when somebody... He's not seen his sick mother, is he? No, well, it's annoying when somebody gives ammo to a dickhead like her. Yeah. Um, that's that's the problem. I mean, he should know better. But what, what this woman is shagging is a, statis, a statistician. Can it hard to say that word, isn't it? A statistician yeah. called... Antonia Stats. Yeah. That's her name. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. No. This is ridiculous, isn't it? It's crazy. That's just another aspect. <laughs> Antonia Stats. Well, apparently so. A statistician I'm, I'm called Antonia Stats. only what I picked up. And, and, Jesus uh, yeah. Christ. But she's a good-looking girl. That's, uh, well, I understand yeah, him. Yeah. I understand yeah. his head. Well, ob- obviously, we're doing that. She's going to have uh, good figures. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how are you doing? Um... If you want to give us a quick call, you can do. We are, our lines are open today, as every week on 0161-238-9050. I've got a full show ahead. We don't know when the show's going to finish. It'll finish when it finishes. With the uh, Mancunian candidates here on FabRadioInternational.com. Yeah. And the podcast has been doing really well. And, again, thank you to those of you who are listening right now. Um, Keep reviewing it. Yeah, we need some uh, five-star reviews. We do. Even four-star. It helps. One-star. No, 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 no. That doesn't work. That's been disabled. Oh, has it? Yeah, if you put less than five stars, it just rejects it. Oh, right. It's what I've heard. Oh, right. So don't bother trying that. I just put the five stars and be be certain. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, how did Matt Hancock, 
who who Matt Hancock. Yeah, nobody's commented on this or well, used let, it as let, a byline. But, you know, a tabloid headline. You know, this when he's doing the the coronavirus press conference, yeah. it is literally Hancock's half hour. That's a good point. But how did he treat the, um, or talk to, or respond to uh, the Labour MP yesterday? Do you know, have you heard this? No. Where he told her about her attitude. Have a listen to this. Frontline workers, like me, have had to watch families break into pieces as we deliver the very worst of news to them, that the ones they love most in this world have died. The testing strategy has been non-existent. Community testing was scrapped, mass testing was slow to roll out, and testing figures are now being manipulated. Does the Secretary of State commit to a minimum of 100,000 tests each day going forward? And does the Secretary of State acknowledge that many frontline workers feel that the government's lack of testing has cost lives and is responsible for many families being unnecessarily torn apart in grief. Uh, no, I don't, Mr Speaker. I, think that the, I welcome the Honourable Lady to her post as part of the Shadow Health Team. Uh, I think she might uh, do well to take a leaf out of the Shadow Secretary's book in terms of tone. Um, I'm afraid what she said is not true. Uh, there's been a... In terms of tone... Would he have said that to a bloke? No. Funny no. that, isn't it? How the Conservative Party, and all across the world, by the way, this is not a new thing. When you had Gilliard as the female Prime Minister in Australia, she often was belittled by the head of the opposition. And he, you, you do get this. You get a lot of female politicians. The most famous one in this country is the David Cameron. Calm down, dear. Calm down. Yeah. Asshole, you know, you you um, remember that? Yeah, when the head of the opposition in Australia suggested that who's got a boyfriend but not married, and suggested, oh well, you know, uh, when she's talking about family values, maybe it, she should get a guy to make an honest woman of her. And then how you've got to draw the line on these things is very, very, very easy. It's so straightforward. It's untrue. Yet it seems to be outside the ability of certain blokes to do this. If you wouldn't say it to a guy, you shouldn't be saying it to a girl. It shouldn't be anything it's different. It's the attitude, it? you know, for, Condescending for attitude of, yeah, like that. But get back in the kitchen yeah. where you belong. Start Get your marigolds on. Do the washing up while the men sort out running the country. What a and dinosaur. This, and this is what's really winding me up with right at the moment. We look at Trump, and obviously he's got his uh, people who stick by him, so he's around 40-odd percent all the time, between 43 and 48 percent into in the I, well it's amazing do you, to know, me. Do, you, do you know what's amazing to me i mean that's bad yeah. that's bad no yeah. one ever re won a re-election on figures like that ever but however with what's gone on and the amount of 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 ineptitude that you've got a week a week on from him literally telling people to swallow toxic substances yeah. 
that could kill themselves and people actually doing it, you would think he'd be lucky to be in the 20%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How is he 43%? So, 43%. That's out think, of 100 think, people. 43 people asked out of 100 think that he is doing a good job. What sort of basket cases uh, are being asked these polls? I mean, if that well, is generally... Well, here we go. Here's my point. Oh, God, here's it's annoying. Point. God, it's in annoying. In this country... Uh, Boris Johnson is being perceived as doing a great job. Yes, I know. He's doing a great job. He's playing Why it are brilliantly. we not up in arms, screaming from the rooftops about the Conservative government? I mean, it's, well, it's you, hard, they, they, we it's just hard put them in. We just put them in with an eighty-seat majority. Gonna... So, I mean, it's a bit. It, the problem is, he's gone into this. They, they're defending it. Well, what could we do? It's just, and we're doing our best. And I'll be honest, some people have done all right out of this. They've had plenty. They've had the grant money. They've furloughed the staff. They've took that, and they, they've not been as affected as others. The no. rich people have not been as affected by this as others. And believe me, they're not going to end up having to pay for this. And that's all there is to it. At the end of the day, there will be a criminal ram raid on public finances next year and all of this is going to be lumped onto working people exactly the way it happened in 2009. You will have austerity plus. It won't be called austerity. Today, it he will said be... that no, no, he wouldn't mention the A word today, No, Boris. he won't, will he? He wouldn't mention Who the Who came word. up with that word? He, he, he said, I've actually heard him on a... Uh, on it on the podium there, Boris Johnson going, we don't like the use of that word. Yeah, I'll bet you don't like the use of that word. You don't like the use of that word because that word costs you 5 to 6% in the polls every time it's mentioned because people remember when you were means testing people in a wheelchair, when you were robbing um, public services of money so that we've got no police on the streets. The Conservative Party have killed people with their policies. That's why so many people have died during this goddamn epidemic. This could have been so much better if they hadn't have raped the NHS of its funding. And when, and then you lot out there go and elect this government. You slept walked into that election and gave them 80-odd seats. So, yes, people have died because of that election. And that's a fact. Mm. It's a fact. It's an absolute it fact. Of course it is. So did Matt Hancock back his man? He's a professor. So listen, this is a typical Tory. Mr Ferguson is a... Professor Ferguson is a, is a very, very eminent and impressive scientist. Uh, and um, his, the science that he's done has been an important part of what we've listened to. But clearly, the, the social distancing rules are there for everyone. And they're incredibly important and they're deadly serious. Uh, and the reason is because they're the means by which we've managed to get control of this virus. It's a matter for the police. As a government minister, I'm not allowed to get involved in the operational decisions of police matters. Even though I've got a clear answer to what I think, uh, it's as a, as a minister, the way we run the police is that they make decisions like this. Uh, but I think he took the right decision to resign. Professor Ferguson has rightly now taken the the decision he's did and, and said that there is no reason and he should have upheld and followed the rules on, on social distancing. The work of SAGE, our scientific advisory group, uh, continues and obviously we will continue to be informed by that group and the experts that uh, provide that support to the government. 
experts. Experts. That experts. prick annoys me. Do you know when I first started to get annoyed with this prick? Yeah, it's when uh, he was on. He was on Newsnight, um, and I thought he seems a bit of a slimy twat. That was just a general thought, just his demeanour and the way that he was carrying on. Then he was on Question Time, and I and I thought, well, he really is actually quite good at this slimy twat business because the way he's conducting himself is really good. He's he's so utterly insincere. He comes across as a rich guy pretending to care. That's all there is to it. it all, but but he's got props. He carries props with him. He went on Newsnight and he was very careful to have the pad of paper. And every time somebody who you would think would be his political opposite, like a Labour or, or Lib Dems, said something, he'd, go, he'd, he'd nod and, and look at them and go, hmm, and, and pretend to write something down. And he was writing stuff down on his pad um, and done not none, none of that, obviously. But that's who he is, you know. He's he's, he's a chameleon. He's a chameleon. He's he's a typical over. lizard wearing yeah. human skin. Yeah, whereas across the pond in states, um, you get the feeling that Trump just doesn't care. Oh, it's, there's it's no got, there's no gender, is it? Oh yeah, here at least the Tories have got. They're have pretending. Got, yeah, they've got fake human skin on. Yeah, they, there's no fake human skin over there. It's lizard central, and I'm not using that as in the conspiracy theory lizard. I just mean these are reptiles. These are slimy, horrendous people who do not care. Mm. The the Republican Party is not the party of Lincoln anymore. It's the party of assholes. It's the party of selfish bastards. That that guy who was uh, in Texas, um, uh, the governor, uh, I can't remember his title now, um, Dan something or other, the one, the, the one who famously said um, that if I'd been asked uh, whether i surviving or I should take it for the team just so that we... Protect this yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. economy. Do you remember yeah, that one? Yeah, that yeah. was a classic. That was a cracker. That was at the beginning because until that point, everyone had pretty much gone, oh, lockdown, people are dying, lockdown, people are dying. And get, don't get me wrong, people like Mitch McConnell were like, mm, 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 what, I want to say something, I want to say something, but I can't. And they all felt like, oh, shit, I can't say anything. And then slowly, what happens with Trump? Trump's amazing. I'll tell you what he is. He's that guy, Trump. He's that guy where if you're at school and you saw there's a group of bullies, isn't they? And there's always a head bully. And he's the one that emboldens the little shitheads that are around him. And they, they, they're the ones that would love to bully, but they're not men. They're not man enough to even be a bully. They're too timid and too scared to be a bully. But, but, but they're nasty enough to be a bully on the inside. They just haven't got what it takes. And you need someone like Trump to be that, that alpha male that, that's there. And then all of a sudden they start uh, having a go and, and taking the piss and being horrendous. And then they suddenly feel empowered. And, and then it's all like, you know, he's having a pop at lesbians yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then they're at the background going, oh, yeah, I just said, did you hear that? What you just said about lesbians? Ah, imagine being a lesbian. Ah. It's like that. That's that's what he is. He's an enabler. He enables all these ball sackless bastards in the Republican Party to come out and be themselves and let that inner, dark, horrendous part of the nature come out and spill onto the deck. And that's what you've got right now. You've got, yeah, yeah, Mitch McConnell. What a horrendous, slimy, horrendous piece of shit that guy is. What, what, they're all horrendous. Rand Paul got the virus. He survived. What a shame. 
Uh, Donald Trump um, was interviewed last night uh, as well, and he talked about, uh, yes, was uh, the mission accomplished? And he says, no, it's not. At least something's not accomplished, even though he's opening things up. But he's open. But my, my, yeah. my question yeah. to you is... The is, fire's not out, but go no, in and get your No, but we're through a peak uh, in the yeah. States. And, uh, and my question to you is this, it's about UK and about America. Yeah. Um, we, well, I said, I, I don't I, I think you may have agreed as well, we're looking at June before things start going back together. Yeah. Now we've got a meeting That's all here, the information it, I've got, yeah. here in the UK this Sunday, mm. apparently, uh, Boris said, and question time today, that he's got a big announcement on Sunday and he can go, he's been brought to the house on Monday, but on Monday it'll start uh, of the, our first reopening of the economy. Mm. Um, and I don't know what that means. I don't yeah. know what that means anymore. What is it? Because to me, how can you go to a restaurant and have a shield between you. How can you do these things we're talking about? How can you go to a, a pub and supposed to have a limited number of people in? What, is it worth a pub opening? No. Is, how is it going to work? Okay, I mean, someone who runs a leisure company, I'll give you this. How it works is this. Um, there is a an imbalance, financial imbalance, in imposing the social distancing that you're talking about. With a bar, if you have the bar shut and just keep some staff on and while it's shut you have a fixed loss every week and that is the loss that you add up as the weeks go on and that is your loss over that period if you decide to open and 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 maybe get some people in you've got a choice you've got number one are people going to want to go to pubs? Do they have the yeah, confidence to go question. to pubs? Yeah. Um, will it be as busy? They, this uh, A lot of people are thinking, oh, when it opens, the pubs will get hammered, everyone will dead. Will they? There's a lot of people I know that are still scared about going out. They don't trust all this. They don't want to catch it. So then you've got that. But the other thing is this. If they say, right, You've got to operate at 25% capacity. So if you were allowed 300 people in, you're only allowed 80 people in. Well, you can cut back on staff. But if you're looking at 25% of the revenue that you were formerly going to have, so if you were taking um, 20 grand, that um, you are going to only take 5 grand, well, you you cannot reduce the staffing costs of the venue and ensure public safety, the running costs. you cannot keep that in line with that reduction. So you can't cut your staffing costs to 25% of what they were, yeah? So you can't proportionately reduce the costs of opening. So if you have it reduced to 25%, you've reduced your turnover, but your staffing costs are going to be, say, 50%, yeah? And that disparity will make it impossible for most venues to open with social distancing. Uh, they talked about age, though, if you are, if you suffer from, and they've said the words, and that's the reason why, that's why I remember diabetes, or also if you're over a certain yep. age, mm-hmm. they're still saying, no, you, oh, are, right. you are not coming out. Oh, yeah, well, that's going to work, isn't it? Yeah, so that's, you know, we're just writing people off. And the, I want to challenge this as well with you, and just bash it around, really, is... Where people say about human rights, human rights, uh, and I mean, obviously, we had the situation last week in America where everybody's got these guns and yeah. charging around, which we've talked about. But, sure. Um, when they talk about human rights, do we have these rights to, to ignore this advice uh, and just go for it? I mean, these people be fined for doing stuff, but then again, we get, you know, the so called expert, Neil Ferguson, who just ignores it. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, uh, and then there's the thing about, you know, 
Oh, you can't confine me to a certain space. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So, um, no, you can't beings. actually. No, no, that's not human right at all. When when you in in lots of situations over the years, if if somebody is a public health risk, then they are locked up. They are locked away. They are kept away. Not locked up like chains in a dungeon. They are kept away from people. If they if somebody had um, a, a hugely contagious disease they they would be kept away they yeah, you can got apply a, they've got a disease you can apply they've well well let's look at mental health um if i go out on the streets now okay. and start to get a lump hammer and smash up cars and start uh, and start going la, 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 and pretending to be a goat they will section me and i will be against my wishes I will be locked in a mental care facility for, your for own 14 days for my own safety. Yeah. yeah, well, this is for our own safety, so what's the difference? There you go. What, what the difference is there? No, There's it's not no what it's all. No, no it's, here we it's go. No that person has a mental health issue. Yeah, that no. person could be completely fit and nothing wrong with him. Yeah, no, yeah. So what's the difference? So there the, is the, the difference. difference is we don't, we we don't go. know who's got it. We don't know We're who's testing. got it. You can, yeah, test. That's testing. right. Yeah, yeah. But without test. that, yeah. But without, yeah. So have so, I, and I'm clear. But you've, you, the thing is, we're the minority, though. Hardly anybody has. I don't know anybody else other than me and you that have had that test. I lied then. Yeah. Oh right. Well, I've had it. I literally have, and I'm the only person I know yeah. that's had it. I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of people, and I don't know anybody else who's had it done. So that's terrifying. I'm hypothetically, I've had the test, and therefore... Oh, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I thought I, you, you no, said no, you no, had no, yeah. no. Oh. Well, but anyway, I'm telling you that I know a lot of people, and I don't know one person. Right, so it's a, it's, a, it's a dodgy subject, and, and the it cons- is, but conspiracy you world is jumping on it all over the place no. about you root rights being taken away. And one of the things they talk about is tracking. They talk about uh, uh, this programme. Tracing. Tracking. Yeah. Tracking on your phones. So oh, the, right, tracking. There's the, the right. a new app come out, yeah. uh, and the, the idea is that if you go past anyone, they share information, that person's got it, where you're wandering to, what you're doing, and if enough people are trying out on the Isle of White, I think, at the moment, and enough people have it, we can okay. solve this crisis. But people say, no, it's getting to our rights. Okay, let me tell you this. There's, there's your problem Should, what you get. Do you, you agree get. with that? No, I'll, I've, got, I've got something to say about this. Because when I was... When I, was I, mean, I have discussed something that I'm writing a novel about at the moment, and the... The um, you have you have certain aspects where you get certain periods in life where technology emerges and things emerge. Like, for example, what um, I was telling you about on the, on a show that we recorded about a group of people that I was um, involved with, yeah. where we were able to yeah. listen to people's mobile phone calls, we yeah. were able to listen to a lot of stuff, because you get bubbles of technology, I call them a sweet spot, where the technology emerges, but nobody jumps on it quick enough yep. to stop it. And then later on, people go, oh, wait a minute, people can listen. And then they close the door later on. But there's always a vulnerable point for years where people can abuse the new emerging technology and this is rife for it right now because there's so much going on that you people are not going to look at what human rights are being eroded and when you're talking about human rights are being locked up i i don't think that's the major issue i think that the problem here is if you're giving people access to track you to trace you to measure your temperature to do this and the other Everything's all right, but what at the time? But what happens is, and if you use nine eleven as an analogy on this one, yeah, at no point when the when the threat rate has gone down from one to two to three to four, 
have any of these new powers been rolled back? None, you you don't yeah. get them rolled back. You never get them rolled back. Yeah. All you do is you lose <clears throat> it. You go to an Orwellian future by giving up little bits of liberty whenever there's a threat. And then cumulatively over time, one day you just look round and go, shit, how did we get here? Yeah. Nobody in in 1984 in Orwell's so it, future. Nobody in that. So book how do you it, stop it then? Mike? Knew where it had well, come from. How do you from. stop it? How do you? St- how you can't stop it. You can't stop so it. We're you, you you would we're in, in many controlled. in many science fiction novels a plot a common plot is a threat or a virus or something manufactured by a government to enslave the populace by taking away the rights to protect them and then keeping them in their their control that is a common plot and why it's a common plot is because it goes on it has gone on in countries you've had countries do orchestrated coups based on false news that they've leaked just so they can take over the country you're living in dangerous times you've got a phone you've been tracked anyway aren't you i'm willingly being tracked in in next year however you can turn it all off oh yeah but which i did the other week let me tell you about this this willing um, offering up of my information. Okay. I've got an app called Mobile Expressions on my phone and it logs everywhere I'll, I go onto on my browser yeah. and then feeds the information back. And then every week to two weeks, I get a £20 Amazon voucher. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, can I have that then? You can sign up for it. Yeah. Well, you can, but you've got to have that on your phone. Well, that's you. That's selling. So you've got to ask yourself then, if they can give me a £20 Amazon voucher, every say, say every 14 days, what, so that's £10 worth? a week, yeah. What the fucking hell is that worth? They must be getting a fortune right. for that. They must be getting selling a fortune. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. This is these, the We are in a bubble now where we've all, they've got us all on these devices now. We're all hooked up. So we can't go back. Genie's out of the bottle. Well, you won't. You won't. Some people have tried to go back. You've had a lot of hipster types that have launched um, Kickstarter projects for paired back mobile phones that don't have the internet, don't have anything, just have literally text messages and phone service. Uh, which, well, if you're going to do that, just get a retro phone, don't you? I mean, I don't understand why you'd pay 600 quid for one of them, but... But I'm just saying, but but how many people have took up on them? All of them have pretty much failed. Well, uh, let's, let's change something slightly. We was going to have uh, Joe on, uh, but hopefully he can be with us next week. Joe from Queens, obviously I'm dying to talk to. Um, you talk too much. That's a problem. There's that's no my room problem. for yeah, anyone yeah. else. Um, so we'll just stop. Right, we want to give him plenty of time when he comes on. So hopefully Joe will be with us next week. Well, I'd like um, to know what's going on. Cause, uh, we cause... want to know the truth, really, and the truth that counts. And the big, uh, I put a little post out something uh, talking about the truth. And, um, you know, one person's truth is another person's propaganda. Into, and it's it's hard to take on, really. And I'm sure everybody out there are confused, confused by death rates. What really, is it higher than this? Is it lower than that? Do we include this? Do we include that? Do we understand? Well, not including really? the care homes is crazy. Yeah. When 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 that happened and the guy the when the Hancock's half hour uh, released that one and, and he says, well, for the first time, da, 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 like a drum roll almost. Uh, here we've got the figures including that and we're able to do it now. And then you go, okay, right. So everybody in the populace has just been listening to that. And and it's not like, oh, my IQ's so much higher than theirs. You know, I figured this out. No, I'm hoping lots of other people were thinking the same thing I was. Mm. You're listening to that. Wasn't there a little bit of you that went, hang on a minute, 
How, how can you just do that now? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. the care home. The, this virus attacks. You were selling us the story where anybody oh. over the age of 75 and 80, it's that range, anything over that, are the most vulnerable, ultra vulnerable group. So, you're tell, so, so let's just roll with that. You start off with that and then you go, well, where are those people mostly? A lot of them are in care homes. But that would be the first uh, thing that you'd start well, to catalogue. Let's go back on that, the care Why homes. Why didn't they? Because they didn't most... want the numbers to look that bad early on. Yeah. They, they, that's the problem. They, they suppressed that because they didn't want these numbers. They were hoping, like everybody was well, hoping, this would blow over. The excuse now is saying, oh, forget about our numbers that have been taken in the whole world about that most deaths. Because well, when the other countries come out with their real figures. Yeah. So what, who do we believe? Well, What's I believe that, that the whole thing's been handled pretty badly. Could it have been worse? Yeah, I suppose. When I'm, I'm, um, I'm very grateful that we're not going with the American model. That That's a disaster. If you could imagine that the, at, at the peak right now, at the peak of, of, of the UK, that suddenly Scotland, say Scotland was completely independent and Scotland then decided, right, well, we're coming out of lockdown now at the peak, even if they were at the peak as well as us, um, and they came out of lockdown, that's a major problem. Then you've got to think about, well, what would we do? Then we'd want to close the borders with Scotland, wouldn't we? And then you go, um, but America are not doing that. No. America no, are going to no, allow no. someone from Texas but to go Mike, to um, Today they Missouri. decided, finally today, how many weeks are we into this uh, nightmare? Yeah. They will start testing people now when they arrive by planes. Wow. Today. Yeah. So all that time, good, people are coming in via planes and Brilliant no testing idea, whatsoever. That. And do you know how they're going to test them for? Temperature. Yeah. That's it. I know. It's a joke. It's it, a it, 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 I'm just say this now. If the this guns is... I'm talking about, they put to your head, test your temperature. If you're high yeah. temperature, all that pull you to a side. You may be ill. This is not it's the bubonic a... plague. However. It could be. It could be next. And that's the problem. The next one of these could be ten times worse than this. And you forget the old people thing. This is attacking younger people. And I'll tell you, the next one, it might attack everybody. It might be just literally you get it and you're right. dead ten Here's hours later. Here's another one, though. Here's another one. Just to throw out, we've we'll run out of time. But uh, the anti-vaxxers that are around, mm. uh, and there's plenty of them on the social media. It's just, you know, just you'll be on your fence list, you're on Facebook or on, the, on Twitter. Uh, so many are saying, over my dead body will I have a needle put into me. That's across you know, yeah, the Western go, Well, world. that's all right. You, they, they, you know, I can so, jump off the top of a building if I want. I mean, you, they're allowed to commit suicide. That's fine. I'm not. Well, that's their responsibility, Paul. I'm sorry. I've got literally zero, zero tolerance for that. Zero tolerance. If you are an anti-vaxxer, you, uh, good luck to you. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But you will not get a semblance of a tear from me. You will not get anything out of my tear ducts because I don't care if you've made that decision. Uh, the other part, I would say, if you make that decision on behalf of your children, if you're an anti-vaxxer and you impose that on your children, you are guilty of child abuse. Simple. You are a child abuser. You are nothing I view you in the same exact way that I view a paedophile. Well, I actually think Boris has got blood on his hands. That's the story. Right, I'm just going to play this quickly while it's got a couple of minutes. This is how Boris did today. And some questions 
with Keir Starmer, who I think is doing a, a, a not bad job actually. Um, it's first day with Matt, uh, and it's about this Sunday. Millions of people on furlough, as the Prime Minister knows, millions with children at home struggling with caring responsibilities. If they're to return to work, and if their children are to return to school, they need reassurance. I think we can all feel that, reassurance that it will be safe to do so. And that means they do need to know what the government's plan is for the next stage. So will the, gov- will the Prime Minister give them that reassurance by setting out his plan, as he says he will, and will he come to this House on Monday uh, to present that plan uh, and have questions across the House? Prime Mr Speaker, I will of course uh, undertake that there uh, will be a statement uh, to the House as, uh, as you, Mr Speaker, and the House would properly expect about uh, what we propose tonight. So I just want to explain uh, to the House as a courtesy why it's happening on, a, on Sunday, Mr Speaker, I'm sure you'd be interested uh, to know that. The, the reason for that is very simple, that, that and, you know, we have to be sure that the data is going to support our ability to, uh, to do this. Uh, but uh, that data is coming in continuously over the next uh, few days. Uh, we'll want, if we possibly can, to get going with some of these measures on Monday. I think it would be a good thing, Mr Speaker, if, if people had an idea of what's coming the following day. That's why I think a Sunday, uh, the weekend, is the best time to do it. But, of course, the House will be fully informed and the House will have the full opportunity to debate and interrogate uh, me or uh, the Government on that matter. So that's official then. Isn't it? Sunday there's going to be big changes. Uh, and are we going to go down the road of America? Simple as that. Mm. Are we opening up too much too soon? Or are we still, you know, what's the best way? Well, the the economy's got survive, to open. It's yeah. terrible. It's got, it's got to open at some stage, yeah. Um, I still think, I mean, it, it, you can control it as much as you can, but it only started to go down. It only started to, sorry, reduce in its velocity because it didn't go down. The numbers increased, but the velocity of it, it it felt more controlled after the first week of total lockdown. Total lockdown is what stopped this from exploding. And that is what I hope people realise that. I hope that people just don't think that this was a big fuss over nothing and that if we hadn't have done this, that this would have been okay because it bloody well would not have been okay. It would have been mass deaths it would have been a death toll staggering compared to the one that we've had and that that is it by doing this all of us have saved lives we we've done our bit now should we reopen i I think we've got no choice of in the country has to at some stage otherwise they will be companies and i'm not talking about your leisure or pleasure related i'm talking about public companies that the society depends on not everything that is essential for the infrastructure of this country and our health and well-being is in the private sector some of them are public sector and you can and they, this help that they've had has only gone to the smaller companies these bigger companies and mm. uh, you do have to be bothered about them you do have to be bothered about some healthcare companies that service the nhs and other things they, there's a lot of companies that could go bust that would destroy our way of life if we didn't start to open but that's the difference you've got to be sensible with it and that's what america isn't been you can't just go money and chase the money and and it doesn't matter how many people die they you there is the correct way of doing this people are still going to die unfortunately uh, and my final thoughts as well it's a very much a local thing but um um 
the parking wardens which wander around the streets and book people. Yeah. Well, as as I parked up this morning, I still have free parking down at the university. Yeah. I was talking to Tony, Tony yeah. Sunshine, who works in, down there. And yeah. he says, um, oh, yeah, the parking wardens came up. They, they're allowed to book people again now on the streets. And oh, one yeah. had lots of glee because he booked 25 people this morning. Yeah. And um, one of them, uh, he had a, a ticket on saying, I'm a key worker, I'm working there, I'll be back in an hour's time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he booked it. No, did no. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and our Manchester City Council, mm-hmm. you know, the Labour, yeah. the supportive council, yeah. are behind this. Yeah, of course. Well, what's happened there is you've got two days where they'll clean up because you've you've imposed it on them out of the blue. People are not expecting it, yeah. so you're gonna you've ambushed Passing them. The yeah, you've ambushed them. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, you should have gone on the news or made a big statement on social media. Um, people, business owners well, of Manchester, be aware that these this is going to be imposed from midnight. There you go, and then the streets are empty in the yeah. city centre yeah. in general speaking. Yeah, of course, they're empty with cars. There's no issues regarding. Yeah. I understand that you're packing a warrants were there to stop. Yeah. You know, multiple cars parked so we can't get through them and all the yeah. rest of it. Yeah. No, this is about money. Yeah, of course just, it is. Course it finishes it is. me off. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, hopefully on the phone will be uh, our friend over in New York. Um, and we'll see you then. Oh, a couple of things though. Just before we go, uh, tell people about the podcast. But we've got a very special show coming out all this weekend. I'll put details on the on Twitter and the Facebook and all the rest of it. Um, a couple of shows that you should not miss. Um, what's your greatest 12 movie themes ever? Well, we're, we're going to answer that question for you. Hmm. Uh, make sure you listen Indeed. to that. I know a few other things that are going on at Fab Radio. It's quite busy at the moment. Thank you again for uh, supporting this station and the shows. We love you. We do, don't we, Mike? Oh, yeah. It's worth it. In, in a nice way. We've, but I'm we won't come round and break, like, think if just for a bit of... No, we won't do that. No. No, that professor, no. 